Hello and welcome to a different style of episode from Speaking Broadly. I'm your host today, Tom Screech, and I'm joined by Giuseppe Bajani and Mandy Meredith. How are you both doing today? Very well, thank you. Good, thanks. Good, good, good. For this episode, we want to focus on what makes us at Broadly Speaking a bit different, and that's our ability to work across various sectors. Today, we're going to take a dive into the career history of both Mandy and Giuseppe and look at what, what makes them different from the average uh, telemarketer. So we'll start with you, Mandy. What, what, what's your background? Well, after I completed a degree in biochemistry, I worked as a research assistant for the Medical Research Council. And then I fancied a bit of change uh, back in 1997 and I moved to a field sales role. Since then, I've continued working in business development, sales and marketing, both on the road and office-based. Um, my roles have included selling laboratory equipment, chemicals and services to pharmaceutical companies, biotech startups and academia on behalf of companies such as Sigma Aldridge, Maybridge, who are part of Thermo Fisher, Cambridge Research Biochemicals, Biorad and others. That's really cool. What made you sort of go into the, the, the sales role of things going from a biochemistry degree? Um, well, the natural progression was into the lab and yeah. to use the sort of practical skills that I'd learnt. Um, but uh, I, think, I, I think I felt that there may be an opportunity for me in field sales. I was always very interested in the reps that came mm. in and what they did and just the meeting people and helping like with other people's experiments and yeah. also the sort of broad interest it gave you in hearing about the research that everybody was doing rather than being focused on a single project yourself. So was chemistry always always a passion of yours since school or is it something you sort of fell into? Um, well, biochemistry is kind of the science of life and that, that really interested me towards the end of my A-level. So that's where I chose my degree. Yeah, wow, interesting. Where did you go to university? Liverpool. Liverpool, how was that? Ah, oh, such a cool city. Making the move from <laughs> Liscard in Cornwall to Liverpool was a little bit of a culture shock, but it was good. Wow, wow. So what at Broadly Speaking, or what do you do at Broadly Speaking? So I've been with Broadly Speaking for six years, and I head up the Science, Technology and Healthcare Division. Um, at Broadly Speaking, we specialise in selling complex um, products and services to senior decision makers, but my team specifically focus on the science and technology clients. Cool. So t- talking about key decision makers or senior key decision makers, who, who exactly are we talking about in the workplace? That really um, does depend on the project. Yeah. Um, and in order to make um, a project successful, we always run a workshop right at the beginning. Um, speaking as a scientist and a salesperson, what's really key about that workshop is the preparation yeah. and getting all the information and ensuring that we understand the client's proposition we have all the highly detailed intellectual property that we need to represent them professionally Um, other things that we would cover in that uh, workshop would include the nuts and bolts of the campaign data emails and that sort of thing and just to agree uh, the kpis and expectations cool so what have been sort of your favorite biochemistry or science and technology accounts you've worked on here uh, i really enjoyed working with uh, strataface yeah. um, their project was different because they had a new uh, a new tool that was uh, we were introducing to um, biopharmaceutical companies yeah um, so uh, initially um, we had to do some research as to who we needed to speak to within the industry and um, and then we had to speak to them about 
about uh, the probe that had been developed and how it might be able to be used and in- encourage them to meet with us um, and evaluate the new the new tool. That's really interesting. Any any others sort of spring to mind or is Stratophase really up there as your favourite? Um, Stratophase is one of my favourites. I've also really enjoyed working with Biorad. Um, okay. We've we've helped out with Biorad a couple of times um, with their end of season sale. Um, again, it's that there was more academic calling. Uh, calling to academics um, with that and uh, just finding out um, what researchers are working on and therefore what pieces of equipment would be of interest to them and to be able to give them a good offer on them. Cool. So so in the six years you've been at Broadly working for science and technology clients, how have you seen the market change? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, I, th- I, th- I think obviously science moves on all the time, so new yeah. techniques are brought in all the time. Yeah. Um, CRISPR is one of the new techniques out there at the moment. Um, I'd love to work with somebody who uh, was using that kind of uh, research tool. So if, if you were speaking to a science and te- technology sort of person look, looking for lead generation, looking for total management of, of their sales pipeline, what, what would your key bits of advice be to them? Um, I, th- I think that they, uh, they they should have a meeting with us so that they can understand exactly yeah. how we work with our with our clients. Um, we, we, we need to spend a bit of time with them. We, um, we operate total prospect management. We use all marketing tools that are available to ensure that we surround our clients' prospects, yeah. um, not just with calling and emailing, but also LinkedIn and many other tools. Um, that will ensure that we can offer all the strategies to deliver mm. new business um, development, pipeline management, uh, market intelligence, yeah. um, ultimately lead generation and new business for them brilliant brilliant well it's been very interesting finding out a bit about science and technology and some of the accounts you've worked on so thank you for giving us a little bit of an insight on that and we're going to swiftly move on to Giuseppe now so Giuseppe what what is your background what brings an Italian all the way down to Tavistock oh god um I have a degree in languages with economics. Okay. And uh, um, I have always worked as a consultant or as an employee in uh, um, international trade, international business development. Yeah. Mainly for well, for a range of uh, types of companies, but mainly in, um, in, in fashion and food. Okay. And... Um, uh, I, I came to Tavistock in 2002 for purely personal reasons, <laughs> um, for getting married. Uh-huh, and, nice. uh, and I brought my um, skills here with me and I carried on as a um, self-employed consultant until I met Broadly Speaking. Wow, wow. So, so you just said fashion and food. Those are two completely different sectors and two completely different marketplaces how do you join those together to to create a cohesive work environment yeah i would mainly fashion and food because the area where i come from uh, that tuscany is quite quite big uh, yeah on those two things so it was quite natural uh, for a a young uh, graduate starting to work in international business there to work in in these two sectors both as as employed and as a consultant Um, they are 
They, they, they do have things in common <clears throat> from a marketing point of view. For example, yeah. they're both uh, very high-profile sectors. Not high-profile in the sense that there's anything special about them, but high-profile in the sense that they're always in the media, they're always in the magazine. People are aware of what they eat and what they wear. Most, more of what they eat, actually, <laughs> than of what they wear, more of the implications, not just of look yeah. and of lifestyle, but also the ethical implications and the standards. Anyway, there are two sectors that are very, very heavy in branding. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about them if you don't keep this in mind that, that how important branding is in food and fashion and then uh, all your um, sales strategies should take account of this yeah interesting so uh, how can you be successful introducing a label into such a competitive market like we've done for um, am I saying it right El Pucci yes yeah yep. yes, yes, so, so how how can we be so settled well, like Mandy was saying, it's all about the preparation and understanding yeah. well what the uh, client's proposition is. Um, but also because their specifics is that they are um, they own the whole production line yeah. from design to sales and retail in terms because they've got their own retail point. Mm -hmm. So because of this, and they're, they're among the few remaining ones with these characteristics, because of this, uh, they have a flexibility yeah. which other brands do not have, other major brands do not have. They also have an ethical standard because everything is under control <clears throat> and uh, you know, everything is certified, yeah. uh, certified that no uh, slave labor is being used, everything is tracked and sourced ethically. And, uh, and, and you know, you've got to use these points and uh, we decided to use these points to show um, retailers in this country the value that they'd have in um, partnering with our clients. Yeah. But unfortunately, for uh, a, a small independent brand, yeah. cannot afford to invest the millions, even billions, that large brands do. So we segmented the market, and uh, uh, because they have two main labels, we decided that the, we were going to follow different avenues for the different labels. And... Uh, we approached high-end retailers, especially um, those who um, specialize in uh, promoting independent labels, of which there's quite a few in this country, luckily, yeah. and uh, uh, for their high-end uh, label. And um, um, we approached agents, standard, uh, very traditional commission agents for their more affordable label. And um, um, the result was that after a few months, they our clients signed a deal with uh, uh, Wolf and Badger, which is one of the yes. arguably uh, one of the best, if not the best, avenues to um, for, to promote independent labels in this country. They have a um, very successful e-commerce website and stores in uh, London and New York City. Well, well, I've seen you've been quite hands-on in the office with Wolf and Badger. Would you yeah. would you say part of the reason we work so well with our clients is that uh, we become sort of not just an extension of their business, but almost part of their business? That's exactly the thing that got El Pucci so 
engaged with us because that's yeah exactly what they needed especially for a company that size it's not a small company mm. but it's not by any means a, a large company um for them it, working with us is a, is a strategic investment but it is an investment and uh, the return on it is is, a, is already paying dividends brilliant so yes uh, very very close cooperation and integration between our strategies and their strategy we speak to them on us two or three times a week yeah. and we make our strategies together and we've got lots of lots planned we've got a beautiful launch event on the 7th of July in London yeah. which will involve uh, uh, buyers and uh, uh, influencers and uh, will feature quite heavily in the press brilliant so. so when we look for for new clients across the different sectors how do we make sure that we're not just trying to to blanket the market we're, we're targeting specific companies without sort of you know just just throwing our that out and seeing what what catches um, we have a number of professionals, broadly speaking, with skills in various sectors, like Giuseppe and myself. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're all highly skilled salespeople. We invest a lot in training our uh, our staff and ensuring um, that they are up to date on all sales skills. Mm. And um, then we're able to use that with whatever projects come in. Yeah. Just what we, we research the market a lot. We research our, our accounts before we yeah. target them. I mean, the, the uh, job that uh, Mandy's doing right now with uh, tech companies is, yeah. is really an example of that, you know, uh, researching the prospect so that when we approach them, we know that we can work with them, they can work with us. Mm. It's not just shooting in the, in the dark to, to, to try. And we never worked on thousands and thousands of accounts, do we? we no, we, no we it's targeted. Mm-hmm. Before we start a campaign, we know that we're targeting prospects that potentially we, should, we could work very well with. Mm. And I suppose we always try and find someone that fits the cell the best. So, for example, your history in in fashion was very good for El Pucci and your history in biochemistry is perfect for for stratosphere. Stratosphere. Yeah. Not stratosphere. It's a completely different thing. (laughs) Um, Looking at the the start of a campaign now, if we go right right to the start, where where do we target our effort most in making sure that we learn the most about a client before properly working with them? That is really down to research and conversations with the client. Yeah. Um, you, you can't beat talking to somebody. Yeah, and um, it, it's all about careful, open questions to ensure that we are a good fit for our clients yeah. and we do understand their proposition. And does that match well with marketing, Giuseppe? It, it does, certainly does, um, because... At the end of the day, our clients want to sell their products or services. We want them to sell. Um, so we have to align marketing and sales, which is something that everyone's talking about right now. But um, yeah. we actually do it. We, um, <clears throat> If we understand them well, then we can sell their product and they can trust us because we integrate our services with, with theirs. So yeah. the, the talking is, is essential. Talking, is, as Mandy was saying, you can't beat talking. And, and that all goes in with our, our TPM workshop, of course, at the start of every campaign. <coughs> and we go to, to the offices or, or they come to us. But you were lucky enough to go 
to the office to El Pucci in Florence, have a nice weekend away. Yes, yes, yeah. We go. We 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 tend to go to the offices of our clients. Yes, yeah. sooner if it's not the first meeting, it would be the second. But we do, we do have to go to the to their offices to understand. Because we need to understand the story they have to tell. Yeah. And to do that, we can only we can only do that if we go and see them the way yeah. they work and the way they you know, spend their days and the passion they have to do yeah. these whatever yeah. they do. Because they be science and or, or fashion or food or. Because mm. then I feel you really become do become part of the company. If you've yeah. been there, you've, you've yeah. been to their offices and yeah. fully understand what they're saying. Yeah, it's about offering a seamless solution. Really, um, we are part as we've already said. We are part of that company. Yeah. Yeah. But also the, the using the many um, tools that we have, uh, non-digital and digital. Um, we have a, um, a system developed, which is a, a, a... I don't really want to call it a CRM, because it's not CRM in the classical sense of the word, but it's a CRM developed from the point of view of a sales team, yeah. which we call Omnia, mm. which runs on a Zoho platform. Um, but also um, using all the digital tools that we have to map customer journey and to understand what people are looking for and, and how they behave, um, the way that they prefer to be communicated to. Um, the, these are all these are all very important things because in the end, what we want is to uh, put our clients in front of their prospects before that competition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and cover the best sales opportunities at the right time yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and, and manage them for our clients. So with sort of the traditional sell that um, quite a lot of the companies we work for have, for example, selling catering into workplaces and looking at security contracts, those are all contracted services. How do you find being the expert in your field helps you to sell to companies that possibly aren't using a contracted system for example like fashion to wolf and badger you know they didn't have a contract to represent a brand same with strataphase i I presume they didn't have i'm not the expert but they didn't have a contract so how do you find selling into a company that sort of maybe isn't reviewing or isn't even looking uh, it's all about piquing their interest, actually. Yeah. And uh, again, it's about careful questioning, open questions. Um, not only do we not want to work with, broadly speaking, doesn't want to work with clients where we're not a good fit. We want to work with our clients to ensure we uh, get the right prospects for them and, it, and it's a good fit. So um, we're looking for a gap within our clients prospects so <laughs> a bit complicated but then that the, their products are good fit and yeah. it's down to open questioning yeah. and, and speaking do you agree yourself oh certainly yes and then of course, of course most of our clients are so specialized and they're so busy yeah. running their business which is producing something that they want to sell whether it be a product or a service and i'm not saying that they're not good at marketing their products but we are specialists in that, and uh, very often our clients are specialists in manufacturing, for mm. and offering and selling a service. But sometimes they lack the time, mm-hmm. or sometimes even the skills to do what we do. So that's why we sort of slot in quite well with with their strategies. Perfect, perfect. Well, just for one final question, then for both of you, 
If you had one bit of advice for a company that thinks maybe they're a bit too specialist, maybe they're in a sector that people don't want to buy from, what what would you say, Mandy? Give us a ring, and uh, we've rarely been beaten. So let's let's have a let's have a chat and, and see what we could offer. Brilliant, Giuseppe. Yeah, that's a very good question, Tom. Thank you very much. <laughs> because in fact, I, I was uh, I was speaking to a um, prospect the other day in. Uh, um, which is an, an Italian um, builder of uh, manufacturer of uh, a power transmission system for okay. industrial machinery, and, uh, and he said to me, well, this, "Our market is so niche that we know all our prospects. We don't need we don't need you to research the market. We know them all mm-hmm. already." And this conversation is still going on. I'm still trying to make him change his mind. But yes, give give us a ring, and we should we should we should prove it. Your, your business can never be to niche because in the end you're going to need to sell you're going to need to keep your prospects you know you need to nurture your clients you might lose some there's always a competition yeah you know I, I don't think a business can ever be that niche that it sells automatically well thanks for listening if you want to take a further look at how we tackle total sales then just head over to our website it's broadly-speaking.com we're also on twitter at broadly just search broadly speaking on facebook and linkedin to find us there as well our podcasts can be found on spotify itunes stitcher to be honest wherever you really get your podcasts and you can also download our podcasts early and listen to them offline just visit our website 